Hello, welcome to Manic in Miami. This is Holly Hurricane. So I had the introductory mini episode on EMDR followed by fearful avoidant attachment, which is the first thing I'm healing through EMDR. And I have some more to share that I think will really add to the first two and give a bit more intellectual background and go a bit deeper in how the treatment actually works. I'm reporting from bed because I'm tired once again. So first of all, this is not something that you can go into blindly. You need to be aware of how the trauma has affected you. You have to have done a significant amount of psychotherapy. So the EMDR is not simply sort of hemorrhaging pain. It's mental labor and it requires focalization on pain and on painful memories. I went into it today after meditating a little bit. It was an absolutely gorgeous day. And I am deeply grateful for my location, both of where I live and where I was working today at this new research center for tropical botany. I live walking distance from it. And along the way is this small, beautiful state park And so I stopped in Barnacle State Park. And funny enough, my EMDR therapist is just around the corner from the Tropical Botany Center. So I could walk in this gorgeous weather to do everything. Um, So I went in very centered. I journaled afterward, sitting outside um, the Lotus Pond. I told my therapist that since the first session, I had a positive physical response. Some of the TMJ pain and tension kind of um, lessened. I was thinking about a situation from my recent past in a totally different way. I had intellectualized that, but I never really felt and really believed that. There was an analogy my therapist used, like there's a shard of, of glass stuck in your skin, okay? And talk therapy can help ease the pain around the shard of glass, but that shard of glass is still there. And what EMDR can do is remove the shard of glass and really allow this wound to fully heal. I am a prime candidate for it. Evidently, it just started working for me immediately. And each day I felt it more and more. Part of it has to do with the stability I have reached with bipolar and my adherence to medication. Bipolar is highly treatable. What was not highly treatable um, for me was the CPTSD. And that's very different from borderline personality disorder. I think it's dangerous the way people are using them interchangeably. Um, I've been accused of having borderline due to my trauma responses. I mean, to an extent, that's a very misogynistic attack. And I don't have that. I have spent a total of like 10 hours speaking to my EMDR therapist. I I asked her, do you think I may have borderline? And she actually chuckled and she's very serious. And she said, oh, you absolutely do not have borderline. Even though there is trauma as a component of borderline personality disorder, EMDR often doesn't work fully for borderline. It can help heal some of the trauma. Part of the um, defining 
nature of a personality disorder, narcissistic and borderline, is that you operate in this triangle of persecutor, victim, or rescuer. And so you're kind of lacking that self-cognition, that ability to examine how these behaviors are um, affecting other people. You're not really in a stable emotional state much of the time. The rescuing might be kind of making amends for other behaviors and it's a vicious cycle that is very difficult to break. So I want to make that clear. I do not have borderline personality disorder. I have treatable bipolar and I have CPTSD. I am a prime candidate for EMDR and embraced it. And I think that's why it's working so well and so quickly. So it does not work for everybody. A traumatic memory that lives in your body that is stored there. And once you reprocess it, it is simply a memory of a trauma. You really just make peace with them. They're still there. These memories are all like an old school filing cabinet filled with like these file folders. And a traumatic memory kind of gets stuck. And once you reprocess the memories, that same folder that had the traumatic memory is now able to be stored away properly. And so it's no longer bringing back this pain in a way that is detrimental to your everyday life experience. So I'm I'm paying a lot of money for this. I wanted to go to a, a a top clinician with I wanted to make sure I was with a highly intelligent person. She has a PhD, she's done research. Her experience in psychotherapy is trauma-based as well. And along with the EMDR, I have a talk therapy session with her and kind of intellectual discourse, what really changes is you are shifting your core beliefs. And there's actually um, some neurological underpinnings that I find interesting. I mean, neuroscience is still in some ways in its infancy, but I read some recent articles on what we may know. So EMDR, I have these buzzer vibrating things and I hold one in each hand I described in the first episode and they're stimulating the right and left hemisphere in the brain. It's called bilateral stimulation. And these traumatic memories form negative cognition, negative beliefs about yourself that are reenacted. So I reenact these complex traumas. So these long series of traumas that caused me to have a core belief that I am unworthy. And so you're working toward a mastery of this trauma. You can't master and change this negative cognition by seeking out a similar relationship and just trying to make it work this time. All that does is justify the belief that I'm unworthy. And so what you're really doing is seeking out situations and putting yourself in positions that justify this negative cognition, this negative belief. So in the session, you are returning to this image that stands out for you as being emblematic of this particular complex trauma. I'm unworthy, okay? And you're going into a specific memory and it's not really guided. Um, There are questions uh, being asked of you, but it's really all coming from you. And so as you're reprocessing it and then you're being asked, okay, well, can you go back in and talk to the team? that I mentioned in the first episode, the nurturer, Parvati, the Hindu goddess, and Green Tara, Tibetan Buddhist goddess, and then Aslan from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and of Falcor, never-ending story. And obviously, what's underneath all of this, the team is really you healing yourself. And then you're returning to yourself as a child and 
giving them that advice. You're going back in and speaking to the child, and then you're returning to the memory after speaking to yourself as a child, and you have a different response to it. Maybe what's being said still hurts, but you are not reacting with, I am unworthy, I am scared. You're saying things like, I have a strong sense of self. I know that this is not the way it should be, and this isn't right, and I'm not scared. So that was the actual memory reprocessing. So these are all part of the limbic system, okay? These are the structures in the brain that control emotional response, behavior, and memory. The process of EMDR changes the limbic system group of structures that impact this emotion, memory, the motivation for doing things, um, toxic behaviors, and the regulation of all of these, okay? I am worthy and I do not have to have this fear response. I don't have to have this this flight response. I can soothe myself. I'm not desperate and longing for the other person to fill my, you know, emotional needs from trauma. I'm going to regulate this emotional response and rather than acting impulsively, and I'm able to give myself positive reinforcement and I won't be displaying these PTSD symptoms that may pop up in response to something. That's amazing. REM sleep consolidates memories of the day and and thoughts of the days in in a dreamlike state. So people with bipolar, people with PTSD, people experiencing symptoms of CPTSD or re-traumatization have trouble getting into that deep sleep mode in that REM sleep in general anyway. So During the EMDR, when they're specifically getting into a similar mode while they're awake and and practicing the EMDR, because um, research on the brain shows that it's very similar uh, processes, there's a consolidation of the traumatic memories, and that places them in a less emotionally raw context. So it kind of lessens the burn as well. Um, And that's another element of it. You have to have some process of um, forgiving. You don't have to forget, but blaming doesn't help anyone. And so I'm doing all of these things and I haven't felt this centered and and at peace in a very long time. I'll tell you that uh, for many different reasons. I'm wearing this shirt since it's long sleeved. I threw it on because it was quote unquote cold, chilly out in Miami, by Miami standards, it says everything you feel is real on it, um, like 20 times. And that's true. Your feelings are real, but they are not facts. And EMDR can change your brain and your core beliefs and can make these negative cognitions into positive ones. So you're healing yourself, you're changing your brain. So EMDR can change what you feel and can regulate these feelings. Um, that's It's a huge impact. So it's funny that I'm wearing this shirt, random, but everything I feel is real, and you know, hopefully everything I feel will be better <laughs> now that my brain is changing um, thanks to EMDR. 